Well, hello, race fans. Welcome to a new edition of uh, our EKN Debrief Show, episode number 96. My name's Rob Howden. We'll be joined, as always, by David Cole. It is Wednesday, June the 13th, or June 15th, rather. And the event that uh, we'll be talking about today on this edition of the Debrief, the 2022 Supercarts USA Pro Tour Spring Nationals. The event, the midway point of the Pro Tour, uh, taking place last weekend at Utah Motorsports Campus in Erda, Utah. Uh, today's show brought to you by Acceleration Kart Racing. Acceleration Kart Racing has everything you need to go racing, from tires to helmets. They have a great website for you to order from and kart racers ready to pick up the phone and answer your questions six days a week. With over 20 years of kart racing under their belts, Acceleration Kart Racing has the experience to help you succeed on the track. You can rely on them to get the parts you need when you need them. Make Acceleration Kart Racing your go-to source for everything karting. Head to www.shopakr.com. David Cole, you've uh, flown home from Utah out of Salt Lake City back to Grand Rapids. Uh, the Another edition, the 13th edition, I guess. Yeah, the 13th edition. No, the 12th edition of the Spring Well, Yeah, officially that, the 12th. Yes. Officially the 12th because, of course, we had all the entire Pro Tour in the year of covid at Newcastle Motorsports Park in the Summer Festival. So, yeah, the tw- officially the 12th edition of the Spring Nationals at Utah Motorsports Campus. Uh, all in all, again, as I said at the top of the show, rounds three and four of a six-round championship, halfway point in the season with the best five counting. Um, I watched from afar. I was at Road America, uh, followed everything on social media, you know, watched session by session, seeing who was doing well, a lot of great upsets, a lot of great guys coming to the forefront, which I thought was exciting, but uh, all in all, a bit of a tumultuous weekend, I think, all told. Well, let, yeah, let's begin with the weather because the weather didn't help any. Um, no. You know, it really felt like it was July with the uh, the amount of, obviously, the sun, not a lot of cloud coverage at all. Um, so the temperatures were in the 90s all three days. Wow. And so made for, you know, an extremely hot weekend uh, for all of those involved. And, you know, and then add in uh, high winds a Sunday afternoon during the main events, just just added to the, the little bit of chaos that we did have there uh, in Utah. A lot of a lot of great storylines uh, from what I saw, you know, drivers scoring their first ever pro tour wins, a bunch of drivers doubling up as well, which I thought was interesting. You know, you really get that momentum midway through the season, heading to the summer nationals at the end of July. Let's look at the numbers first, as we always do, jumping to buy the numbers. Last year, the Spring Nationals drawing 221 entries. This year, 204. We kind of went over it a little bit, did we not, in the uh, in the outlap where, you know, there's just been a drop in, in master shifters. There was a complete drop, really. Uh, you really can just look at the, na- the master's classes for the overall drop, but it was a drop completely in X30 master as well, going from nine last year to zero going in. I think you had, what, did you have one or two entries? Uh, this weekend and it ended up being ended up being so so I gave you the wrong number so actually we had 218 total uh, oh all right overall yeah I I did not update the script from our from our uh, good outlap, job David but, uh, set me up for failure I did but um, yeah so so to so kind of quick go over so, so 218 is a, a good amount of walk up then right because we were yeah a good amount out. of walk up you know we had 14 walk ups so that was a positive positive in the right direction again only the you know. Uh, what I what I say, only the second time that we've been in the 200s dating back to 2017 when we had a massive amount of numbers at Sonoma uh, that year. So, you know, 18 and 19 were both below the 200 marks. And now, you know, the last two years in Utah, 
we've been at 221 and 218 now. So, and that's not counting, you know, big numbers in the master's divisions where we had two walk-ups in the X30 master class. And then we had a total of three in master shifter because two of the drivers originally scheduled moved over to pro shifter instead. Okay. All right, then. Uh, obviously, you know, to see the numbers we saw in 18 and 19 uh, at PKRA and then again, Sonoma uh, back in 2017. Good to see the numbers back again. And we said in the outlap over 200, right? When you're over 200, that's, that's a really good mark. Any organization is going to be happy with 200. You know, obviously one of the bright, the bright spots, David, were the KA 100 classes uh, a little bit down from last year for KA 100 senior, but man uh, up in junior from last year, a total of 36 in both categories, 72 drivers all total run, running the Thir- KA100. Yeah, thir- 39 we got in KA100 Junior. So we had three walk-ups in that category. So 10 more than what we had last year. But as you said, we're down 12 in the KA100 Senior Division. So, you know, again, you know, you know, kind of a wash in terms of, of entry totals for, for yeah, that total. category, but those two categories, but still 75 drivers uh, in those two divisions. Uh, as we look at it, uh, all, all, what are your thoughts on the pro shifter category? What, what was the final total for pro shifter? So final total, we got up to 25. So that's 12 more than what we had last yeah. year, that's which big. was, and again, it's just, it's kind of the ebb and flow of our sport. You know, we have, you know, some categories doing well, some categories that are going down, but you know, we, we have youth pr- movements once in a while. So we see good numbers and we have been the last couple of years in our cadet division. So. And then you obviously have, you know, drivers who stay back in junior or some that graduate. So there's always that the ebb and flow of the sport. True. But yep. certainly, I think since opening up the the shifter categories to, you know, KZ and the IME 175 uh, power power plant has allowed, you know, the competitors to do do what they want to do. If they want to go and spend the money on KZ engines, they're allowed to go do that. And I think that's kind of brought the resurgence back into it because this is what the racers wanted. So it's, it's good to have that. And again, 25 drivers and pro shifter phenomenal for a, uh, for the spring nationals. Yeah. I, I got to say, that's, that's a huge highlight for Supercarts USA. I think we saw a bit of it last year at the super nationals. And again, as you said, the opening up to allow KZ and a number of people have jumped in and said, this is what we want to do. Uh, you know, the competitors have spoken and there's, you know, there's more and more KZs. And I would expect that we're going to start seeing some momentum moving back in that direction as we are seeing a lot of, uh, you know, KZ and shifter participation, uh, even on, you know, a lot of it on the East coast as well. So 218 entries, David, correcting the script, uh, 218 end entries on the weekend for the spring nationals. Uh, we'll dive into it. Of course, we'll, we'll jump into the paddock pass after this quick break. Then after that, of course, going class by class through all the categories who were racing out in Utah. Don't go anywhere. Paddock pass after this break. Leading Edge Motorsports is the industry answer to winning in karting. At the helm is industry veteran Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of many drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Based in Lodi, California, Leading Edge Motorsports is the Western importer with IP karting that includes the Praga and Formula K chassis brands. Leading Edge Motorsports provides in-depth driver development for those racers in Northern California and across the country. Arrive and drive services, cart preparation, and driver coaching are available under the LEM tent throughout the season. Bell's record of working with drivers includes recent victories at North America's biggest karting events, including the Rock the Rio and the Scusa Super Nationals. Greg Bell's knowledge for building engines spans two decades and is now under the Mega Power branding 
providing reliable engine service and tuning knowledge. No matter the chassis brand, choose Mega Power to get to the front. Click over to LeadingEdgeMotorsports.com for more and find them on social media to stay connected. At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. Need race fuel or oil? Hyperfuels is an authorized distributor for several of the brands that are spec fluids in American karting, including Elf and Aspen Sport. They also stock and ship methanol. Hyperfuels has a web store that can take your orders 24-7 and they ship UPS. That's right, Hyperfuels can ship fuel and oil right to your door. Whether you need Elf Racing Fuels or Elf ATX 909 oil, or Aspen Sport 98 Octane Fuel for Screws of Competition, they have it in stock. When you need it now, go to hyperfuels.com. Welcome back to episode number 96 of the EKN Debrief, our race report podcast that caps off our EKN trackside live coverage. Into the paddock pass right now where we talk about stuff that didn't really happen on the racetrack, more uh, paddock-wise and, and overall sport itself. This edition of the paddock pass is brought to you by Trinity Karting Group. Trinity Karting Group is your first step on the ladder to racing success. Based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, they literally have a track in their backyard and a controlled environment to develop your skills. Trinity Karting Group flattens out the steep learning curve with a professional staff that will put you on the right path. The focus is driver development, and they compete at the local, regional, and national levels, including the Scusa Pro Tour and the United States Pro Card Series. They have new and used packages available, and they are your Midwest source for Cart Republic chassis and IME engines. Visit them at teamtkg.com or call 513-421-4463. All right, DC, into the paddock pass right now. I know we touched on a lot of stuff going on uh, for in the outlap, kind of previewing the event last week. You know, obviously some of the biggest news we've had over the last couple of weeks was two really big names in the national level of the sport, uh, sport moving teams. Uh, primarily Hunter Pickett and Jeremy Fletcher. Yeah, we got to see them make their debuts with their new teams. Hunter Pickett moving over to PSL karting on the Burrell Art chassis. And Fletcher, Jeremy Fletcher, a senior rookie in the X30 senior and K100 senior divisions, uh, staying with the OTK product, but moving over underneath the Ryan Perry Motorsport tent. So we got to see those two combinations uh, working together for the first time. Uh, we also saw Hannah Greenmeyer moving over to Pro Shifter, still under, under the Rollison Performance Group tent, but making her Pro Shifter debut on the weekend. And also, uh, Clayman DeMello making his X30 senior debut with Parallel USA with yeah. uh, Alessandro Dutulio there as a driver coach for a lot of the younger kids, but also uh, Zachary working as a driver coach and racing as well in the X30 senior division, working with the young drivers under the Parallel USA tent. Nice. I like to see that. Now, obviously, some interesting moves. We talked about it in the outlap. Just guys going to different colors, trying up a different team, a little different culture. Uh, all told, the drivers doing pretty good with their new teams. We'll get into that, of course, once we do the race report. But those drivers uh, had pretty good weekends. David, when we were there in 2021 for the Spring Nationals, uh, a number of drivers stayed over. Supercarts USA was at the track in Utah. Uh, afterwards, we were all said and done because they were doing some testing for the Aspen Fuels. Uh, and this was actually the first pro tour event at utah for aspen since having done those tests last year it was and you know so that's you know 
it's something that's been a story all season long, obviously, is, is the engine builders and competitors adjusting to the way the Aspen fuels and the ELF oils, you know, react to one another and, and how the, uh, the performance of the engines, uh, you know, are, are uh, in the short term and long term. But obviously, I think it's a little bit more important in Utah because the elevation, uh, you know, we're up there in the in the Rocky Mountains. And you go from Saturday to Sunday, the air quality was crap <laughs> one of the days. So obviously it kept a lot of the uh, the engine tuners and obviously mechanics, you know, figuring out, you know, the, the best way to get the best power out of out of their power plants, be it, you know, the Swift engine, the KAs or the X30s or even the, the pro shifter divisions as well, yeah. too. So, uh, yeah. again, um, you know, Aspen was there, obviously, as the presenting sponsor for the weekend had their green for green program worked with the pro shifter division. So they added another uh, $6,000 in prize money for the pro shifter category for the weekend total. And uh, so again, uh, Aspen is, is all in with uh, the Scusa pro tour and Supercarts USA. Yeah. Cool to see them giving back as well. I love that. I love that, uh, you know, that injection of cash and support for the pro shifter class. Uh, David, um, obviously we got the script. I'm kind of going through. You got some notes down here, and, and, and I'm, I'm intrigued by this. Yeah, first time I think I've seen you put this down in terms of some of your feedback and input from the weekend. But you, you want to talk about tire degradation a little bit? Well, give me give me the scoop on, on why that was potentially a talking point throughout the weekend. Well, it was a talking point because really the tires went away after one or two laps, and that's something that uh, obviously was prevalent in pro shifter category where, you know, the grip level, you know, the tires are softer and the grip level goes away quicker. But it was really the, the a factor in all the different categories. You know, X30 Senior, again, qualify within two or three laps and you pull off to, to kind of save save the, uh, the lifespan of the tire. And so that's something that the Utah Motorsports Comp, uh, Campus Circuit is a little bit different than other racetracks. I know mm -hmm. we see other racetracks where maybe by the end of the main event, you're maybe, you could maybe put down a, a lap within, you know, three tenths of your qualifying effort where here, you know, we're talking almost a second and a half from qualifying time to your quick time in the main event. So that, wow. that was the biggest, uh, you know, especially in the, in the pro shifter category where you're, you know, 1.4 seconds difference. But I didn't realize that X30 Senior until I started looking at the numbers. It was the same in the X30 Senior division as well, too, with still the same softer uh, Evinco tire. How were the temperatures from the morning qualifying through to the afternoon? Was By the time you went qualifying in the morning, was it pretty warm? <clears throat> qualifying in the morning. So we started about, what, 9 o'clock local time. It was still somewhat comfortable. Uh, you know, nothing you know, too drastic. I would say it was on the warm side. I think I want to say ambient temperature was still in the seventies, okay. you know, high seventies, yep. maybe got into the lower eighties, maybe by the time qualifying was done. Cause you're getting to about 11, 1130. Indeed. Um, but yeah, the track temperature that I think that was the key. I mean, it just kept getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And I don't, I don't, I didn't get the actual numbers, but you could just, you know, with the ambient being in the 95 degree, uh, range both by the end of the day. So you're talking wow. X30 senior Man. end of the day, 95 degrees. It's, it's just super hot and the track obviously super hot as well too. So I don't think it's so much, I think it's more the, 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 the temperature, but it's, you know, you talk about like a track like Shano, Wisconsin, the US air USA 
or what, I can't remember the name, how what they call <laughs> right. it anymore. But they call uh, it US Air International Raceway, but US yeah. Air actually is USA International Raceway. <laughs> well, it used to be called USA International Raceway. Correct. Exactly. Now um, it's US Air International no, Raceway. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that track, you know, you could tell by the surface, it just eats up the tire. Where I don't think it's so much was eating up the tire in Utah. It's I think there's the heat and the way uh, you know the the track conditions where again the sand doesn't help either i think it makes it a little bit coarse with the sand but yeah of um, course yeah but uh or salt i guess because I, I i went to the hotel every day filled with salt in my hair and my face so uh, Man. all right <laughs> not, not fun but it well, was just an interesting thing so yeah 1.5 second was a drop off for x30 senior from qualifying to the fast lap in the main event pro shifter was 1.4 seconds from qualifying to the main event. And then K100 Senior with a harder Evenco tire was only 1.2 seconds off. So again, you know, a good good amount of time you're losing uh, per, per lap, per session. Yeah. So what else you got in terms of Paddock Pass stuff for us? Uh, <laughs> the, um, one, of the, one of the issues surrounding some of the disqualifications uh, involved, you know, uh, basically involved mechanics and, and tuners and that and team managers pointing out, um, I guess, irregularities on carts that were on track. You know, obviously, a lot of the, the carts that go through uh, your initial tech inspection or safety tech are done. So, you know, early, early on in the weekend and aren't done again. Uh, I, I would assume they do occasional safety tech through tech through actual post-race tech, you know, yeah. whether it be qualifying, pre-final, or the main event. But, um, yeah, so, you know, one of the items was uh, seat struts not fastened to the cart. So seat struts are just sitting there attached to the chassis but not attached to the seat. So they're flopping in in, uh, in open air, I guess, is, is, the, is the term of looking at it. And, and it was pointed out by mechanics and, you know, officials saw, you know, were made aware of it and had to put it, institute some disqualifications because of it. So it, it, it looks like that, you know, the co competition is getting so heated that, uh, you know, some teams and some mechanics are, are, are going in this direction. I guess it's not necessarily tattletaling you know, in a sense, but it kind of feels that way. If you, kinda, if you know what I'm talking about, just, it kind of is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it's, so it's like, you know, is, is really a, yeah, it's a seat strut. And that's the other thing too, is, is should this be a disqualification or should this be, Hey, you get a warning. Don't yeah. do it again. I've you know, always there, done that too. Have, have you not done that yourself? I've always done that where if you're, if you're, you just kind of un unbuckle it. Right. So like undo it at the, at the seat so that it, Instead of pulling the whole thing off, maybe it's, maybe it's just because I've been thrashing through a club day where I didn't have time. And if you, if well, you don't, you don't, I don't, I don't the whole thing off. Rob, I don't race enough and I don't tune enough to know that that's, that's an option. That's, so that's yeah, really, yeah. to be honest, it, again, for me, if I have a seat strut, it's attached to the seat. It's why, yeah. why would it be on the cart if it's not? Um, well, and I don't, it's a, that, it's, a, it's a quick adjustment, right? So let's say if you want to go without a seat strut, you just pull the, you just pull the tops, the top bolt out. The minute you so pull you the can't top bolt do the out, bottoms, you can't do the bottoms bottom well, bolt at the wait, same time depending on how much you're thrashing and, and time wise why if you're gonna go right, put it right back on why would you do it I, the minute you pull I, the minute and it's always weight too right you have to have the, have the weight i literally on. saw somebody put in a bolt on the grid 
before the X30 ma- senior main event because they made her aware that tech is now looking at this. So oh, wow. okay. All right. it's, it's All right. again, it's being, it's almost like it's being lazy, both in the sense of not taking the seat strut off, but also in the sense of reporting it to tech, but like, Hey, this guy doesn't have that done. It's so there, there's a lot of discussion that could be done around this. Uh, you know, again, the way it's handled by tech or, you know, Hey, and rules Why, are rules. You know, if, it, if it's in the rule and, then, book, and again, I agree. Yeah. There, there. If it, if it's a rule, yeah, it's a, it's almost the Rick Jump thing of go no go type type yeah, scenario. Uh, so, but there should have, yeah. There, I guess by by the main event time, it can be, it should be a penalty. But again, that's again, I almost think we need again more detailed rule books in what what is the penalty for this. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, if it's if it's off there, but what, what's the actual uh, associated penalty with it? I hear what you're saying. Right. Yeah. I mean, because this is this is no different than having maybe something not wired. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Well, again, what's what's the reason? What's the reasoning behind the rule? Right? Is is it, is it right. because is, is it, it is a it safety a, aspect? Is it a sa- yeah. if it's a safety deal, and it's not it's not performance enhancing. Then maybe it's a different. Hey, you know what? It's a penalty of this this way or that way, or a fine or whatever. Right? It's a little different. Yeah, and that yeah, that's the other way of looking. You could it could be a hundred dollar fine. It could be you know uh, a loss of a of a session next time out, or yeah. you know it, it, there's other ways of looking. I think a, a, a race disqualification for something in this terms, um, yeah, it's it's another one was uh, a titanium nerf bars being utilized in in Master Shifter. I know Michael Gwalsh was the provisional winner had it removed and then reinstated um, because I, I, I don't know if it's because the, the, the rule is poorly written. I, w- I wasn't able to get confirmation on why it was uh, uh, reinstated, but uh, other than they gave, they gave him the weekend to, to run with them, but not, you know, again, I, again, there's so why is there this different penalty for that situation to where the nerf bar or the seat strut is a complete disqualification. Yeah, interesting. It's yeah, it's not adding up correctly in in my point of view. So, well, again, like you said, let's just let you have to have the matrix of you know this this penalty is uh, equates or this this uh, what do you call it this mistake or this something I think of the word of it but but this issue this issue equates to this penalty right just so you, there's no again it's always it's always about writing your rule book and always filling in all the gray area right this this is just but seems like there's some gray areas pointed out this weekend and they need to fill fill some of it in. Right. That's a yeah. Really I, I think that that's something that they started. I know back in in the winter. So they they they've slowly. I think they're working on filling it in those gray areas, yep. um, both on procedures and I think tech side. So you yep. know, hopefully by 2023 there will be a lot less gray areas in this. All right. Board. Let's cap off this edition of the Paddock Pass again. Brought to you by Trinity Carding Group. I know that uh, you, when you and I spoke. On Saturday evening, a bunch of stuff obviously happened at the end of the day on Saturday trackside. I know that you kind of want to speak to that a little bit. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Let, me, let me change that. I will just... Let me change that. Let me change that. David, I know that you feel compelled to speak to the situation. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I talked about it in, in my extra two-minute flat Sunday morning. Um, there just wasn't a lot of professionalism being shown in both the pro shifter category and X30 senior um after the incident that we had that that at the end of the day there um you know the pro shifter thing again these these are grown adults that are racing in this category aside from the couple of of drivers who are under the age of 18 
uh, including Parker DeLong. I will give a shout out to him. He did a really good job uh, in his pro shifter debut, staying out of trouble and uh, running top 10 pace all weekend long nice. with uh, uh, leading edge motorsports entry. So I uh, did really well there. Nice. Um, but for the most part, th they're grown ass adults. You know, yeah. it's let them handle it themselves. You don't, we don't need sideline slash keyboard jockeys, you know, yelling and screaming and throwing water at drivers while they're sitting in scale line. Um, so that's what happened. We had a lot of, there was a lot of, it would be between the, the AJ Myers and Marnie Kremers contact, there was a lot of talking, mostly one-sided, you know, at Kremers for, for the contact. And so it was, it was kind of disheartening to see that literally I was right there staying there when it was happening, waiting to do our, our scale video with uh, the winner, Kyle Wick, who, who, um, was further back in the, in the scale line. So I got to see all that witness, all that. And it was kind of disgusting. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the terminology that was being used at Marnie Kremers and, and just, just, just the total lack of maturity in, in some of the way that people, again, Sport, yeah, no, no sportsmanship. There's two, these are two grown ass adults. They were going to have a conversation about it. They did have a conversation about it. Let, let them handle it themselves. They're the two drivers. My biggest problem with this is people think they can be a race director from pit lane. And, and, and especially if you're only following the one cart, you can't be a race director following the one cart. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what happened in that corner. The only the two people that know what happened are the two drivers that were involved. And that's, that's my biggest problem is, is people blaming Again, we've seen it all all season long, you know, with other incidents that happened before. And again, even the the X30 senior uh, incident that was later in the day where we saw even more unprofessionalism going on. And and that that was that was just downright stupidity, really, to be honest, to be acting the way they did. I understand that, you know, a scary accident happened, occurred, but the driver should have been checked, was checked out, was alert, awake and relatively unharmed, obviously freaked out. But the, the manner in which that people acted after that after that incident and the threats that were laid out were, it's just disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I obviously, I can't comment cause I wasn't there, but I, I can understand the, the situation in terms of, of what you've de detailed to me. It's, it's tough. It's tough to hear about stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, to, you know, the physical threats, you know, and it's just, it's disgusting. It, it really is. And, and that, I mean, you know, I, I, we'll just talk about the, the incident. It was between Cole Clack and Nate Cicero yep. and, you know, Cicero made the mistake. He made an error of trying to push Cole Clack down to the, to the outside edge of the racetrack. As you do, when you make an error, he made an error on the racetrack. They're coming to the line and he squeezed them off. Um, you know, we've seen it all the time. The, the biggest difference in this situation, most racetracks don't have a wall that's five feet away from the edge of the racetrack. It's true. We've seen this kind of stuff happen at Newcastle all the time. Two drivers make contact. One cart goes spinning off, doesn't hit anything, but spins off. Here we have a racetrack where the wall is literally five feet away from, from the racing surface. So if there was no wall there, if it was a Newcastle type scenario, Cole Clack would have just spun off and maybe ran into the pond. If anything that at all, if he would have hit anything, it would have been the pond. And unfortunately it was, you know, we're at Miller or Utah motorsports campus where they have a wall on the front stretch that is five feet away from the racing surface. Yeah. Obviously not, 
not the most ideal and safe uh, uh, design of that. You know, again, but uh, it was also a mistake by Nate Cicero and the threats made to him and his team. And, and, you know, obviously things are heated because people are very competitive. There's a lot of teams that dislike other teams, but the hatred that was just felt there that night, you know, obviously Supercars USA had to cancel the podiums because of, you know, they had to bring police in, um, escort, you know, at least one individual I believe was escorted out of the premises for the weekend. Um, and again, they had to take Nate, essentially they had to escort Nate Cicero off the property because of the actual physical and verbal threats that were being laid out, laid at him. That is, that is, is, that's horrible to hear. Yeah. It was just, again, it was a disgusting feeling Saturday night and talking about it again, makes me feel disgusted and gross. And, you know, obviously again, these are kids they are going to learn from it. You know, it's no different than the Alessandro Di Tullio incident we saw last year at Scusa Winter Series. Yeah, it had it had the same situation. You know, there, you know, nobody was seriously hurt. You know, this time, unfortunately, Cole Clack hit the wall because there was a wall there and and fractured his wrist. It could have been a lot worse. And and obviously, I understand that. And obviously, there's there's you know, it's somebody's child, you know, fathers. I, I, I understand that. But there's there's a certain point that that you understand. Hey, racing is about t- taking risk, and there's potential to get hurt in racing, no matter what racing you are doing. It could be Briggs Racing, it could be Pro Shifter, it could be X30, it could be anything. There's there's always a risk, and that's something you have to understand. And you have to understand that you're putting yourself out there. There are other people who may not, you know, may make a mistake, just as Nate Cicero did. It does happen, and so I think. Again, there's still just that lack of professionalism. We're talking about the t- top level of our sport, and not only by the drivers, but but those those outside uh, the cockpit as well too. And and again, it stems from allowing some of this stuff to happen. It's you know, if if Cicero held his his line and didn't swerve down to 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 uh, to crowd Cole Clack, none of this would have happened. So maybe maybe we need to remove that one move type move on the straightaways either hold your line or you're penalized for for swerving um i don't there's a lot of things we can we can do and look at and i'm i'm not sure what what the answer is going to be but again all series you know um uh dick you know not dictate but um you know call races differently than others so we're never going to have a uniform uh rule on the on this these type of scenarios either well, we will take the opportunity, I think, uh, you know, David, to, to say, hey, we're glad that Cole's okay. Cole Kleck, we, you know, I know that uh, obviously the incident we hear could have been worse. And everything I've read since since then, that it's a fractured wrist, which is going to obviously heal. So, you know, we'll send our best wishes to Cole and, and hope he uh, he dials things back in and, and gets himself back in the car because obviously he showed extremely well on the weekend, which was great for him, kind of a breakout weekend for Cole. And, and just disappointing to see, number one, the incident happen, and then, of course, the fallout afterwards, right? That's just the kind of thing that, it puts a black mark on the sport because, again, our sport, as you said, is fueled a lot by passion uh, and emotion. And a lot of times, or sometimes, I'll say a lot of times, there are instances where emotion gets the better of people that are around. And it's just, it's a shame to see it happen, uh, especially when it goes to the extent of which I've been kind of informed on. It's just, it's really, again, you you were there and you were disgusted for me not being there and just hearing all this stuff. I just felt really disappointed for our sport. You know, that's that's how I felt from where I was at Road America. I just, man, I was just, I was pretty upset on, 
in here in the, the accounts that I had heard while I was at, at Road America. So it's just, it's, it's tough to hear about it for me. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't flip another person's cart off the cart stand to, as a retaliation yeah. For, yeah. for, for what happens on the racetrack. That's, that's something you don't do. Um, but yeah, Cole was there the next day, you know, uh, he had Frankie Mossman sub in his K 100 senior cart. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but yeah, had, uh, you know, talked to him. He was obviously, you know, in so, so spirits, um, and, you know, was there for the podium ceremonies, uh, because he did finish on the podium in, on Saturday in K 100 senior. And then, uh, Martin Kremers, who ended up finishing third, the position he was, Cole Kleck was fighting for in the X 30. Uh, senior category on Saturday, uh, he joined. Cole was, you know, invited to join uh, Marnion up top uh, on the third step and was awarded the third place trophy. So, yeah, uh, All right. at least good sportsmanship there by Marnion to uh, to provide, uh, you know, Cole Clack a little a little bit of a happy note as he left Utah. Yeah, true enough. All right, let's uh, let's, let's put a cap on this one. Time to go back, uh, get back here, and, and get actually into the race reporting itself. Again, uh, this edition of our. EKN Debrief presented to you by Acceleration Kart Racing. When we get back, time to jump into the race reports. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. Ignite Karting utilizes the spec Margay Ignite K3 with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and the Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes compete on the same Ignite K3 chassis, which puts all the emphasis squarely on driver development. Additionally, Ignite Karting is accessible at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for 2022 include the Ignite Majors, featuring events at the Daytona International Speedway, Charlotte Motor Speedway, the Quincy Grand Prix, Newcastle Motorsports Park, and the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the five-round, regionally-based Ignite Challenge at tracks in Illinois, Ohio, and Missouri. Local club programs have also been established in other states like Idaho, Texas, Nebraska, New York, Florida, and more. Join Margate Racing for some fast, fun, and great memories at an Ignite track near you. All information on Ignite events and Ignite cart packages including dealers in your area, are available at IgniteKarting.com. Get off the couch and onto the track this year. Ignite Karting, fuel your passion. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market, but when you're karting to win, it boils down to one thing, you the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Allen Rudolph with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport including other disciplines of racing. The Allen Rudolph Racing Academy located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses to their advanced one day and two day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy 
can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Welcome back to episode number 96 of our EKN debrief as we uh, break down the this past weekend Supercard USA Spring Nationals at Utah Motorsports Campus. We'll jump our way now here into the race report presented by Peril in USA. It all started in 1994 when former kart driver Albino Perilin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perilin was born. Paralyn USA is North America's source for Paralyn products, and they run a factory race team at all the major Supercarts USA, USPKS, and Rock Cup USA events. The Paralyn chassis line uh, for 2022 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for junior and senior drivers, the 28mm Opportunity Model for the cadet classes, and the Daytona 4-cycle chassis. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Paralyn. For more information, head to parallelusa.com. All right, DC, let's jump into uh, it with here with X30 Pro. As always, I'll give you the headline. You fill us in with what happened throughout the weekend. Here's X30 Pro, the headline, Norberg doubles to help in drive for five. Yeah, he said it in the uh, the post-weekend interview that I did yeah. conduct with him. I completely forgot about, there is still that drive for five going yeah. uh, for Ryan Norberg, who is a four-time uh, Scusa Pro Tour champion. Obviously, 2020 was a- unable to uh, claim that championship. And then again, last year in 2021, going up against uh, Brandon Tyner and eventual champion Hannah Greenmeyer, who, who came away with uh, the championship there. So 2022 could be the season that uh, he does get that fifth championship. And this weekend certainly helped. Uh, the only session he did not finish in P1 was qualifying for Saturday, where his wow. Wallison Performance Group teammate, Paul Bocuse, was able to just nip him uh, in the qualifying session for fast time. But Norberg came back and was able to score the prefinal win. Uh, he jumped out to the lead in the main event, but eventually, as we talked about, Cole Clack was just on fire this weekend uh, and, and was able to come from the ninth position on the grid to uh, eventually – uh, get up into second and then run down Ryan Norberg uh, and take over the lead on lap 15. So Cole Clack was able to, to lead his first two laps in the Pro Tour X30 senior division uh, until Norberg was able to get it back. And then as Cole Clack came up, that allowed uh, former world champion Pedro Hiltebrand with the Burrell Art and Nate Cicero to close in as well, too. So it was essentially a four driver battle in the closing laps of the main event. But, uh, you know, Cole did, uh, as a senior rookie, kind of got schooled a little bit by, by Norberg and then also by Hiltebrand later on uh, as in the closing laps. Uh, and that allowed Norberg to kind of get away and score his uh, second victory of the season with Hiltebrand coming home in the second spot. And then, again, as we talked about, uh, Cole Kleck and Nate Cicero were battling for the third position coming to the line when the two made the contact. Uh, Cole Kleck obviously into the wall heavy and uh, scattered his cart. His cart actually crossed the line without him uh, in the third position with Cicero crossing in fourth. Uh, Cicero for the move was removed from the remainder of the event. Uh, so this promoted Kremers, who crossed the line in fourth, to move up into the third position. 
Uh, Paul Bocuse ended up in fourth with Jeremy Fletcher in his Ryan Perry Motorsport debut in the fifth spot. Yeah, all in all, from what I, from what I saw, Cole Kleckham, an impressive run to work his way forward. And like you said, kind of got schooled a bit, but here's this guy who, you know, in X30, rookie in the X30 senior category, battling against four-time Scusa champion and a former world champion, right? So uh, definitely uh, it, it is a pretty heady company up front. Uh, hate, again, hate to see the contact in the final <laughs> lap, but again, guys moving forward, as you said. Uh, yeah, and Cicero they, being the championship leader coming into the weekend as well. Yeah, too. That, so again, again, that was a huge. All three, all three of those drivers, you know, are are successful and 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 outright. And then to have, you know, a rookie like Cole Clack, who you, again you've talked about in many podcasts, slowly yeah. creeping up there, slowly yeah. creeping up there. And I think the move to CRG, uh, you know, with Arcane Motorsports certainly helped him, uh, you know, find that extra edge. Yeah, it's been about a year and a half, right? Since I've been kind of I've been watching Cole and, and he's kind of been stepping up at the winter series and dialing things in. And and, and again, when I when I found out that he was battling up front, I'm like, yeah, this, this is kind of the arrival of Cole Kleck on the national scene. So again, hopefully he mends up quickly and we get to see him back at a, at a race very soon. Uh we mentioned front Frankie Mossman earlier in the show. Frankie running uh Cole's cart in K one hundred on the Sunday when he obviously wasn't able to, but Frankie having a good overall weekend. Well, hard charger, David, on uh on Saturday. Yeah, racing under the Bennick team Bennick tent aboard a Tony cart was able to uh to grab a bunch of spots uh, to be the hard charger for the main event on Saturday, up 17 from 25th to 8th and uh, continued that momentum uh, into Sunday for sure. Norberg has always been pretty good out in Utah, and you mentioned only one session where he was not did not top it, and that was Saturday qualifying. Essentially swept the day. David on Sunday qualifies on pole, wins the pre-final, and a 5.5-second win over Hiltbrand on Sunday. Yeah, the main event was just a, a schooling by Norberg. Essentially, uh, you know, kept the lead through the opening laps. They battled a little bit for second behind him, but as the race went on, he just continued to pull away and pull away and pull away, despite, uh, you know, Pedro Hiltebrand up into the second spot and winning that position. Uh, and then it, again, it didn't, um, want to say uh, it could have been even more. Unfortunately, the race was red flagged at lap 18 involving uh with a wreck involving julian DeCosta, who we've learned to uh to be okay checked out okay yeah. but uh you know was complaining of chest pain so uh, obviously supercar usa wanted to be proactive and and through the red flag along with the checkered flag on lap 18 to uh to end the event or end the main event uh ended up being hildebrand as i said in the second position with bocuse earning the third spot on the podium uh, Frankie Mossman drove up to uh, the four spot, so had another solid finish uh, on the on the weekend with uh, Jeremy Fletcher earning another top five result. John Burke was the hard charger up ten spots, started twenty six, finished the sixteenth. Uh, and DC, it's, it's crazy. As I was thinking about on the weekend, you know, on Sunday after Norberg, it kind of swept again. Like this guy's got four championships already, pushing for five. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a bit of a, an amazement to me that he hasn't. He's not over in Europe, right? I know, I know that full-time guy for Rawlson likes to live at home here, and you know he's a Florida guy. But I'm, I'm kind of surprised that he's just never been snatched up. I know he's older, but man, this this guy really the the way he's developing his resume, you know, this is this is legend stuff right now for Ryan Norbert. We're talking about you put him in, in the, with the likes, you know, some of the, the the big dogs over the last many years, you know, like a Lynn Haddock, like a. Um, uh, a Ronnie Emick, these guys that just won all the time. 
Yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely put him uh, among you know America's top drive karting drivers in of all time for sure. Time. With the uh, yeah. with with the way he's performing and continues to perform. Uh, yeah, I asked him at remember we were at the Winter Series and he wasn't racing and I you know had an off you know I guess not on the record but kind of on the record discussion and he's just, you know Europe isn't something that he strives for. Yep. And I think if you look at the current model of what's going on over there, it's all about the young kids. It really True. is at the, He's at the single age some of them. <laughs> well, at the single speed level to yeah. where, you know, the gearbox level, you have your Marnian Kremers and you have your actual grown ass men that are racing yeah. KZ. I think if, you know, we've seen him do some, some shifter stuff here on YouTube every once in a while, I think if for him, if, if he if he didn't want to go race in Europe, it'd have to be shifter. Yeah. You I know, think that's a really good point. Really because, good point. because just the way the model is right now with the, the factory teams. I mean, if you look at Lorenzo, Travis Sonato, uh, two-time world champion, why he's not racing single speed anymore. He's racing shifter because yeah. he's too valuable as a coach for these younger drivers who are in okay and okay junior. Yeah. True enough. Good point. Great point. Uh, let's move to pro shifter. And here's your headline for the pro shifter category. Wick gives track magics first as Myers claims redemption. It was uh, an outright battle all weekend long in this pro shifter category, but we thought it was going to be Kremers who was going to be able to dominate very similar to what he did in NOLA. You know, obviously he had the Burrell Art and PSL karting team right behind him with Jake French and Hunter Pickett now. Uh, they went one, two, three in qualifying on Saturday. Uh, Kremers went away with the, the pre-final. But uh, A.J. Myers was stepping in kind of uh, slowly but surely got quicker and quicker as the day went on. It was there in the main event on lap two, ended up being contact between Myers and Kremers. It was Myers who actually got the whole shot. That was one of Kremers' downfall on the weekend, especially on Saturday, was getting off the line cleanly as, uh, as he got jumped on Saturday in the prefinal and then jumped again by Myers uh, in the main event. Um it was a uh, it was going into turn one. The two were side by side, and it's a kind of a double apex corner. And as they went to the second apex, you know, Kremers was all the way to the inside, and and Myers was was making the turn, and the two made contact. Uh, again, some will say Myers was ahead; it was his corner, but others will say you know Kremers was there, and he knew Kremers was there. So it's a little bit of, you know, it's kind of a racing incident. And, you know, obviously there were no penalties handed down. So that's how the officials saw it. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of how, you know, outside observers and self, of course myself see it as well too. So uh, the two made contact, they were pushed out wide. This essentially allowed Jake French, who was the provisional, I believe he was the provisional pole setter, but uh, had a pushback bumper penalty drop him from the, uh, the win in the prefinal. So, uh, French was out front, had a pretty good lead ahead of Hunter Pickett and uh, and a couple others. But on the way up was Kyle Wick, who was unable to complete a lap in qualifying due to an engine failure. So once he got that engine changed, came up from 25th all the way to 8th in the prefinal, continued his charge uh, in the main event. And then by lap 19 of the 20 lap main event, Wick was able to run down and pass French for the lead. And from there, the race was won. So Kyle Wick was able to go on and earn Track Magic as first ever in GFC, their first ever pro shifter victory on the Pro Tour. Yeah, five tenths of a second over French in second and Pickett in third. So the PSL karting 
Burrell Arc drivers finishing in second and third. Jacob Gulick fourth for GFC and Hannah Greenmeyer. A pretty solid run on the LN cart, the Lando Norris cart for Rawlison. Uh, round, rounding up the top five. All told, David, a pretty good day for the Wick family. Kyle, of course, with the win. But Connor Wick driving up as a hard charger started uh, in 23rd. 17 position improvement for Connor Wick up to sixth. Yeah, he had a, uh, a shifter linkage break in for him on the pre-finals. So uh, obviously both Wicks had the speed. You know, Connor was pretty much there all weekend long, had top five pace probably uh, all weekend long, just didn't quite have the luck that Kyle did to be able to drive all the way to the front of the field. But a sixth place finish for him was pretty solid from 23rd. So out of the gate on Sunday, Kremers uh, stepping back up to the top of the charts. David qualified on pole, won the pre-final, but how things shake down in the main event? Yeah, this time he, Kremers was able to get a, a good start, was able to get out uh, to the lead on the opening circuit with uh, A.J. Myers and Kyle Wick right there on his rear bumper. Lap two, though, uh, Myers and Wick both went around Kremers. It, it was it was uh, almost like maybe Kremers was looking to save tires or, or something similar to that. But, uh, okay. you know, Myers and Wick were able to get by and both were able to, uh, to keep Kremers at bay. Kremers really didn't look like he had the pace to uh, to compete or just couldn't find the opening to get by along with Kyle Wick. Uh, kept on Myers' bumper the entire distance and, again, just didn't quite have – couldn't find the space or couldn't find the opportunity to, to make the move for the lead uh, and ended up coming 98,000 short at the line as uh, A.J. Myers was able to score redemption on Sunday to score his first victory of the 2022 season. Yeah, Wick and Kremers capping off the podium. French in fourth and another top five finish for Hannah Greenmeyer. Uh, another track magic cart kind of starring a little bit there on Sunday as Charlotte Chung started at the tail of the field in 25th. Uh, David able to move up uh, a number of spots as the hard charger. Yeah, I got that wrong, didn't I? I put 17 spots. I think, uh, let me let me get that right here for you. Uh, nope, that's Saturday. That I gotta get on Sunday. Hold on just a second. <laughs> But she, uh, I do know she wasn't able to make, I think she stalled at the start and wasn't able to get it refired. So she moved up eight spots to finish 17th uh, in the main event. But, uh, you know, I think, and I want to, I don't know if this is correct or not, but I think she was the only driver that had the uh, IME 175 on. Oh, okay. All right. Charlotte Chung for Track Magic and GFC. Hard charger in. Sorry, I was just going to say, um, Cause it's, it's the sound. Like, I think she was the only one that sounded different than all the rest. I think all the okay. rest sounded like KZ's to where right. I think she had that 175 sound. Well, good for her. All right, let's move to KA 100 senior. And again, I, I talked about from the start, a couple of drivers, of course, doubling up. Uh, here's your headline for KA 100 senior Fletcher doubles up to further championship hunt. Yeah, certainly a solid performance, a Norberg-esque performance by yep. Jeremy Fletcher in the K100 Senior Division. Again, only sessions that he weren't he wasn't uh, at the top of the time charts was qualifying. Caleb Schrader, uh, last year's Spring Nationals winner uh, with Rolleston Performance Group, was able to set the fast time in qualifying, but it was Fletcher who came through with the pre-final win. Uh, in the main event, Fletcher led the entire distance. Uh, the top four drivers were nose to tail the entire distance. And again, nobody was able to, uh, to remove Fletcher from the top spot as he led all 20 laps for uh, his second victory of the season, uh, winning by 3.2 seconds at the line. That's a little, little bit, um, 
uh, cushion because of the, a little bit of racing for, for the second spot in the closing laps between the rest of the top four, which involved uh, Cole Kleck, uh, Schrader, and then uh, Cedric Lupien, who actually crossed the line in the fourth spot, but was one of the, I want to say, five drivers who were disqualified for the seat strut infraction that occurred on the on Saturday. Well, I moved Alex Stanfield up into the fourth position, Ethan Rapp up into P5. Hard charger of 21 positions, Lydia Small on a Tony Kart. Started 33rd, she fought her way up to 12th. Yeah, again, you know, part of it, tire degradation. If you don't get a, very many laps in the prefinal, it kind of helped you towards the uh, uh, the main event time. Yeah, but again, right. yep. a lot of racing in the K100 senior division, so a lot of spots to be able to gain there. Let's move into Sunday. Uh, Cedric Lupien coming back from that DQ to qualify in the pole position. But again, it was Fletcher who dialed things up in the pre-final. Yeah, Fletcher went to the front right away in the pre-final, was able to uh, to score the race win in that one. And then the main event was just a walk away. Uh, we had three drivers nose to tail with uh, Stanfield, Adam Ali, the Canadian, and, um, and, and Lupien. Uh, running nose to tail, but Fletcher continued to just pull away from them lap after lap after lap. The uh, the nine point one second margin of victory was a little lopsided as well too, because they were fighting for the second spot uh, in the closing laps as well. So, but again, still just a dominating performance to where I want to say Fletcher had at least two to three tenths a lap on the on the uh, the three drivers that were drafting. So, um, yeah, Stanfield ended up finishing second with Ali in the third spot. Lupian crossed the line in the four spot, but a starting penalty dropped him five seconds. So that took him out of the top five. That promoted Frankie Mossman, who actually started the pre-final dead last. So uh, what was it? 30, where's the number? 36. So started 36, worked his way forward, got, I want to say, close to the top 15 in the pre-final. And then from there, worked his way up into the fourth, uh, the fourth spot. Uh, subbing for Cole Kleck aboard that uh, CRG machine. Wow. Aiden Rudolph on the Burl Art rounding up the top five. Hard charger Vinny Miskellis on an Xpree up 19 spots. 31st up to 12th for Miskellis. Yeah, he actually qualified second overall. Uh, was in the lead group and contact put him off the racetrack. So that dropped him down the order uh, in the prefinal and then eventually off the racetrack. So he saved his tires, was able to get up 19 spots in the 20 laps that they did have and got up to 12th spot. Oh, nicely done. Nicely done for Vinny. All right, let's uh, cap this one off. Let's uh, let's go into a quick break. When we get back, we'll do X30 Junior, KA100 Junior, and both the Master Shifter and X30 Masters class. More to come on this edition of the EKN Debrief. The new face of competitive karting in the Pacific Northwest region is Race Lab. The full-service karting operation is located at the state-of-the-art Kartplex facility in Oliver, British Columbia, Canada, providing everything you need to hit the track or put yourself in a successful driver development program. Race Lab is the official North American distributor for the TB Kart chassis brand, providing the full range of models from Kid Kart to Shifter Kart. Villeneuve Racing Karts is their flagship product, available only through Race Lab. The brand carries the name of Formula One champion and Indianapolis 500 winner Jacques Villeneuve with each model produced by TV Kart. Kartplex, the home of Race Lab, is situated on the grounds of the Area 27 Motorsports Park. From full arrive and drive TV Kart rentals to leagues and competition karting, 
the facility provides a new home to developing the future stars of motorsports, all beginning at CarPlex with RaceLab. Follow RaceLab on social media on Facebook and Instagram, or load up their website at www.theracelab.ca to learn more about TV Cart and Villeneuve Racing Carts. RaceLab, race with us, win with us. History, success, family. Those are the three words that describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside of Indianapolis, and they have provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers throughout their near six decades of business. Comet's online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. Comet Kart Sales attends dozens of karting events every year, offering trackside service for racers and families. Karting veterans Mark Dismore Jr. and Gary Lawson provide one-on-one -on -one driver coaching and tuning assistance for each trackside customer. The engine building business, Comet Racing Engines, has won countless major events and championships over decades of karting, and they continue to offer the best trackside service in the industry. Make sure you head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be a part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Welcome back to the EKN DB, a Debrief episode number 96 as we take a deep dive into the Supercarts USA Spring Nationals, which happened last weekend at the Utah Motorsports Campus. The race report brought to you by Parallel USA. Here's the headline, David, for X30 Junior. It is Burnett claims first as Ingrata bags second of season. Yeah, it was a pretty interesting uh, X30 junior category this weekend as there really wasn't any clear-cut favorites uh for each session we had uh brandon carr ended up qualifying on the pole position uh with fast time and then uh we had caleb gaffera winning the pre-final but was put back because of pushback bumper penalty that moved max taylor who made his rollison performance group debut uh as the pre-final winner and the pole setter for the main event uh, starting third was Canadian Jensen Burnett, another driver who found a new home racing with Ryan Perry Motorsport on the weekend and one of his first few starts on OTK product as well, too. I know we've seen Ingrata do a lot of energy, a lot of Paralyn, a lot of other carts as well, too. But this was uh, his first Pro Tour weekend on the Tony Kart chassis. Uh, Burnett moved himself up into the lead by lap six and essentially led the remainder of the race. Both Taylor and Grafera were right there. It looked like they were going to be able to work together, but Burnett kept con consistent lap times, was able to maintain the advantage that he held uh, for much of the race and, and drove to what would be his first pro tour victory. Man, man. did you not pick Jensen uh, as the top five of the super Nats last year? I might've, I think you did. Um, was I it for junior did. category or was it for it was, mini I, swift? I think it was for mini swift. I think you picked. Yeah, for, for mini swift. Yeah, because I want. I want yeah. to think he. This is his first junior season. Yeah. By uh, the way, I, been, hey, a couple of Canadians winning here. By the way, just want to say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I could have done that in the title, <laughs> but I didn't want to make your head any bigger. Of course you didn't. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Aiden Aiden Ingrata ends up fourth. Cameron Brinkman in fifth. Hard charger on Saturday's X30 junior race was Ernesto Rivera for on the Cosmic up to nine spots. 21st up to 12th for Ernesto. 
yeah, I want to say contact took him down the order uh, in the pre-final and thus uh, getting the nine spots. But yeah, Burnett had a good run in, on Saturday and then Taylor making his debut with Rollison Performance Group beating out uh, Grafira for that spot. And then Ingrata, his first weekend on the Pro Tour on the CRG, uh, mo moving into Sunday, uh, Ingrata was the driver to score fast time in qualifying. So getting that CRG dialed in with Speed Concepts Racing. Uh, but again, uh, a penalty would decide the pre-final winner with Ingrata getting a jump start after winning provisionally, earning the win in that race. So that moved Burnett up to the pole position uh, for the main event. Essentially, the race came down to just Ingrata and Burnett out front battling for uh, the top spot after Ingrata came up from, I want to say, the sixth spot after he got that penalty. So uh, was able, yeah, started fifth, got himself back up towards the front, and him and Burnett were able to kind of get away. Uh, came down to a last lap battle between these two and going through the double left-handers in the second half of the circuit. Uh, the two made contact, go, both going for the same piece of real estate side by side. Unfortunately, Burnett suffered damage, was unable to continue, and that allowed Ingrata to drive away to his second victory on the season and his first with the CRG brand. Ouch, boys going at it on the final circuit. Ends up being nine-tenths of a second for Ingrata at the line. Jesus Vasquez Jr. on the EOS ends up in second. Second, uh, Taylor and Gaffera third and fourth. Gaffera actually the hard charger started 19th. After contacting the pre-final, he scrapped his way up to P4. Ernesto Rivera, who was the hard charger in race number one on Saturday, he ends up uh, capping off the top five. So all told, uh, David, some pretty solid racing in the X30 Junior category, would you say? Yeah, Max Garcia came in as a championship leader, didn't quite have the weekend he wanted to have. So this is going to, you know, all these different winners, you know, obviously Ingrata getting a second is going to help. But, uh, you know, it, it's going to shuffle up the championship order as we uh, as we head to the summer nationals. So this this could be that one category that we're going to be keeping an eye on every lap uh, come to uh, come Sunday and, yeah. and the championship points, how they break down. Yeah, it could be fun when we get to Newcastle for the Summer Nats with the, the uh, championships and the number one plates up for grabs. Let's move now to KA100 Junior. Here's your headline. Smith earns career first as Vasquez earns second victory of season. Yeah, the driver to beat early on on the day to begin Saturday was Caleb Gaffera. He was able to set fast time in qualifying and win the pre-final. However, he got shuffled back after leading the first five laps of the main event. This allowed Smith and Cooper Shipman to jump out to the first uh, two positions of, on the field. Uh, Smith essentially was able to uh, to hold court and, uh, and show the way for the remainder of the race with Shipman on his bumper. And Smith was able to go on to earn his first Scusa Pro Tour victory in the KA100 Senior Division. Yeah, nice uh, run for Smith to get uh, Charlie Smith to get that race win. Shipman, Vasquez, Miller, and Gaffera, as David said. Hard charger, Valentino Garbarino. Big move forward, David. Started 39th, up 22 spots into 17th. Yeah, got a driver we've been kind of following all season long as, as one of those that, uh, you know, might have that breakthrough victory. Unfortunately, Utah was not very kind to Valentino, but was able to get that hard charger and still show the pace that uh, the leaders were putting down to get up to the 17th position from the tail of the field. Uh, a name from outside the top five finishers from Saturday, starting things off in a good position, Keegan Kaminsky for GFC, David, fast qualifier on Sunday. 
yeah, just found found uh, the right setup to uh, to move into the final day of competition. Obviously, was kind of there in the in the top ten throughout the day on Saturday, but found that extra pace on Sunday morning to be able to set fast time in the qualifying session. Unfortunately, Saturday uh, Saturday's winners Charlie Smith had other ideas and was able to drive himself up to the front in the prefinal for that race win, and it was him and uh, Nash Motorsport teammate. Jesus Vasquez Jr. that were able to uh, to kind of break away from the rest of the field in the main event. It was Smith and Vasquez going back and forth, each taking turn at the lead. And eventually it was Vasquez that came away with the top spot and was able to earn uh, his second victory of the season in KA100 Jr. Yeah, Miller rounding up the uh, top three of the drivers scored uh, or had a good run uh, to fourth on Saturday. Uh, gets third, gets one more position up under the podium on Sunday. So good job there for Steven Miller. Preston Lambert on the track, Magic P4. Kaminsky had started the day off as the top qualifier, at least getting you know something to, something to show for it. David, he ends up P5. Uh, another hard-charging run for Ernesto Rivera. This poor guy started at the tail of the field. He's like all weekend long. He ends up going 21 spots up, 36 to 15th for Ernesto Rivera. So he had a hard charger in X30 Jr. and a hard charger in K100 Jr. Probably passed more carts than anybody on the weekend. Yeah, he could he could have that honor <laughs> for the weekend. It was a, it was actually a good finish for Kaminsky, as you said. Top qualifier ended up yeah. dropping down to 10th in the prefinal, so came up from 10th to 5th uh, in that race. So a good run by him. All right, let's. Uh, I'll let you kind of wrap up and do a quick wrap of the Master Shifter and X30 Masters class. I know that we had, we had talked about the fact that uh, Masters had no entries going in. They'd actually canceled the class, turned it around, and actually, I believe, uh, ran ran the category with a couple of drivers. Give us the. I'll give you the headline, Dave. You fill everything in. This is Master Shifter and X30 Master. Gouache wins both days in Master Shifter as Barrios doubles in X30 Master. Yeah, Mario Barrios and Mike Rollison, the uh, the owner of Rollison Performance Group, were two walk-up entries for the X30 Master category. So they ended up taking Master Shifter, putting it in its own time slot uh, after they had announced that X30 Master wasn't going to run. And then these two walk-ups were put in with Master Shifter. So essentially we had um, five carts in two classes out on the racetrack. Um, Barrios ended up earning maximum points running both days while Rollison only ran on Saturday, uh, to kind of help give Barrios, you know, good measuring stick, um, on the racetrack for master shifter, Michael Gouache, uh, ended up, uh, scoring the victory on Saturday. It was taken away due to, um, nerf bar irregularity. They were actually titanium. And I think the rule book says met, met magnetic metal or magnetic steel, uh, but that that victory was re uh, re um, what's the word I'm looking for reinstated. reinstated. Thank you. <laughs> was sure. reinstated Sunday morning after I had already written the race report on Saturday. Um, so Gouache ended up taking the victory over Robert Feig in the HMG Maverick with Ken Schilling in third, and then the uh, the drivers finished in the same position on Sunday with Gouache getting his second victory of the weekend. All right, there's the wrap-up there. We've got only two more categories remaining in this edition of the EKN Debrief. After this quick break, we'll come back with Mini Swift and Micro Swift. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. 
you'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com. Established in 1999, PSL Karting has become a powerhouse within the karting industry for North America and around the world. PSL Karting is your complete source for all Burrell Art products as the North American importer, providing this top quality product through both their expansive dealer network or through the pslkarting.com online store. Whatever you need is available 24-7 online, including safety gear, parts, components, and full karting packages. All three brands, Burrell Art, Ricardo Kart, and Charles Leclerc Karts are in stock and ready to hit the track. Grab your winning chassis for any category by visiting pslkarting.com to find your nearest dealer. PSL Karting is always looking for interest in new dealers and teams to help create new business relationships. Drivers looking to take their talents to the next level can join the Burrell Art North America race team competing at all the major U.S. and Canadian events this season. When you're ready to win, go with PSL Karting. Back at it here to wrap up the race report brought to you by Parallel USA on this edition of the EKN Debrief, episode number 96, closing in on the magic number 100. Uh, Parallel USA, the sponsor of our race report, David Cole and Rob Howden here. Uh, let's jump in, David, to the mini Swift category. Seems to me uh, like Jack Eilif really had things rolling, uh, qualified on pole on the Parallel to start off Saturday. Yeah, Iliff was kind of the measuring stick uh, all weekend long, but it wasn't uh, a, a stick that nobody couldn't reach. Uh, a lot of drivers were kind of in contention, especially Lucas Palacio and then Utah driver uh, Michael Mc, McGow. The, the Y is silent on that, I learned. McGow. It, it's McGow? Yeah. I've been saying McGahey. Good thing I'm I know. Good job, Rob. Yeah, well, I we didn't know. I didn't know till Saturday. I'm like, man, this kid's running up front all weekend long. I got to learn how to say his name. Good for you, uh, David. Yeah, I love it. So, uh, so yeah, I lift set fast time in qualifying and was the pre-final winner, but was given a three-second penalty for jumping the start. So that promoted uh, Lucas Palacio to the pole position for the main event. I lift started six, but fell back to twelfth on the opening lap, Whoa. and that allowed Palacio to kind of run up front. Iliff, however, drove his way forward and was able to get into the lead by lap nine. And he was followed by McGow, uh, who started 12th in the main event. They were so it was essentially uh, Iliff, McGow, and Palacio that were out front uh, battling it, battling for the victory. Uh, ended up with Iliff holding off a larger group because as they were fighting in the last few laps, the second group was able to close in which I think made made like a 10 cart pack uh, <laughs> yeah. racing for racing for position in the final few corners. So it ended up being Iliff that was able to score the victory. Um, Weinberg was actually one of those drivers as well. That was in that second group and was able to fight his way up into the second spot, but a pushback bumper penalty dropped him out of the order that promoted Lucas Palacio to the second position Gage Bailey aboard a Bennick on into the third spot, Asher Osteen in with an Atoni cart in fourth, and then Tyler 
Roberts on a board of Harlan in the fifth position. McGow was in the mix as well there, but unfortunately in the final corners was dropped back to the eighth spot. Wow. A lot of action on the final circuit. Hard charger, Alexis uh, Belargion, I believe I would say that. Alexis Belargion uh, mm-hmm. Bar- on the Burrell Art. 19 spots up, 36 up to 17th for Belargion. Uh, but in a, g- a good start to the day for Jack Isla. If he came back, David, on Sunday, qualified on the pole position, then McGow stepping up. As you said, he had great pace all weekend long. McGow ends up winning the pre-final. Yeah, it was a good race uh, between him, Iliff, and, and Gage Bailey that were uh, going back and forth uh, throughout the 10-lap race. So it gave the uh, the Utah driver the pole position for the main event, but it was actually Lucas Palacio that joined them out front. So it was kind of a similar thing to what we saw on Saturday. Uh, but this time the top three were, were kind of running nose to tail the entire distance, kind of making sure I think they had a little bit more real estate than, than what they, uh, they had to close out on the day on Saturday. Um, as they, uh, as they made their way through the final few laps, so it was Jack Iliff who continued to show the way and essentially led the majority of the race and then held off any challenges that they did have in the final few corners to be able to score his third victory second on the weekend. Uh, in the mini swift division so lucas Plasio ends up in second kai johnson in third david but based on what you're saying here is that mcgow was actually the, the driver who ended up finishing p3 but a contact penalty dropped him down to eighth yeah a little bit of contact between i i, I believe this is what they called it because it, they don't give an actual number for the uh who the contact was with okay. but the incident responsibility i want to say was with palacio as they were coming uh through the final few corners there was a little bit of contact Palacio was able to get the position right back, though, after the contact. But uh, as far as I know, that was the only contact that was could have been deemed um, to be, you know, incident responsibility because uh, Michael was leading the race early and fell back to third and essentially was there the entire distance. So um, I guess they're they're calling all contact similar, despite even if the uh, the offendant uh offended driver is uh re- is able to return back to their position a few corners later so, so not quite you- sure on that but either way they uh they gave him a five second penalty and that dropped him down to p8 yeah moved uh, kai johnson on the bennick up into third spot gage bailey uh another top uh, five finish he ends up in fourth asher Ockstein uh ends up again on the uh, top five run in, in p5 ashton Woon on the nitro cart was the hard charger in the race the second race the sunday event for Mini Swift, uh, started in 36th, up 19 positions into 17th. Yeah, not a good weekend for Boone. Uh, contact, I think, in both days, in both pre-finals, that dropped him back. But thankfully, thankfully, was able to get through clean in the main event on Sunday to get up to that 17th spot. Let's uh, wrap up the race report by looking at Micro Swift. And here's your headline. Simone earns first and second Pro Tour victories. Yeah, as we as you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of first-time winners uh, this weekend in at the Pro Tour Spring Nationals, and Rocco Simone was one of them. It looked like it was going to be Julian Sanchez, the GFC driver, put in a pretty solid performance early on Saturday, setting fast time and qualifying, and was able to win the pre-final. Unfortunately, he was he was slipped down the order as the race went on in the main event, so not quite sure if it was set up or just wasn't able to uh, to keep pace with the leaders. Uh, eventually it was Rocco that was the, uh, the driver that was leading the way and led the majority of the race, uh, in the final laps, he was challenged by Royce Vega and Troy Ferguson, the NOLA two-time winner and point leader heading into the weekend. 
those two Benick drivers were challenging Par the Paralyn driver in the final few corners, but it ended up being Rocco scoring the victory in the closest finish on the weekend, winning by only three thousandths of wow. a second at the line. Drag race. I like it. Uh, Jack <laughs> Jackson Gibson ends up fourth. Paxton Dyson on an EOS capping off a top five. David mentioned that uh, Royce Vega was in the fight there with Rocco Simone, also the hard charger, started in 10th, and that uh, run up to second was an eight-spot improvement with David. Simone kept things rolling, had the momentum, of course, from Saturday, rolled right on into Sunday, qualifies on pole, wins the pre-final, ends up uh, taking the win overall. How did it all play out in the main event, however? Yeah, it was a two-driver fight in the main event. Troy Ferguson made it made it that that happened as him and Simone were able to kind of draft and get away from the rest of the field. Eventually as the lap lap started to wind down, the two kind of went back and forth, but it was Simone that was able to secure the victory and the final circuit scoring his second on the weekend. Nicely done. Uh, Vega, another strong run ends up third hard charger of the race actually coming up to fourth from 14th. And that was Braden Wagner on the GFC started 14th goes to P4 10 spot improvement up into the top five. And Nicholas Orbezo on the Tony cart, capping off the top five for the drivers in the micro swift category. Folks, we'll wrap this thing up after this quick message. Final break in this edition of the debrief. David will wrap things up. We'll have a look at the constructors championship and we'll look at the ECAN trackside live race calendar to tell you where we'll be over the next uh, four to six weeks. Don't go anywhere. We'll wrap things up after this break. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpree chassis, and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Scusa Pro Tour and Winter Series, and the Pro Kart Challenge, the United States Pro Kart Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. And OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line, you can find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xfree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK USA directly. Powered by technology, DID racing chains have a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability. Meticulously engineered and manufactured in Japan, DID Genuine Parts are the world's number one original parts supplier for Japanese and European motorcycle manufacturers. A rich racing tradition where results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium carbide layer on the pin surface that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. DID's 219 HTZ racing chain boasts this SDH pin technology, which leads to longer chain life as well as excellent energy transmission to the wheels. 
Available in the gorgeous gold, the 219 HTZ is the ultimate racing cart chain. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today, because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. Welcome back to episode 96 of our ECAN Debrief podcast, the final component of our ECAN trackside live coverage each, each weekend. Uh, talking about the Supercarts USA Spring Nationals, we've rolled through the race reports, hit on class by class. Uh, David, time to, to, to jump into the wrap-up. What are your thoughts overall? You were there, I was not, so I'll let you kind of handle this. Let's just wrap things up overall, your final thoughts on the Spring Nationals at Utah Motorsports Campus. Well, on a serious note, hopefully we'll have more professionalism moving forward. Sunday, obviously, was was better. We didn't, uh, you know, excuse Supercarts USA uh, readjusted the way the pit in and pit out were were um, marked off, uh, making sure that uh, mechanics and, and those with pit passes were not allowed along the scale line. Obviously, we had uh, security a little bit more involved as well, too, uh, throughout the day on Sunday. So, we had a bit of professional. That's another thing I, I, you know, I was mentioned to me during talks Saturday and Sunday. Not a lot of racetracks do have armed officers on site. One of the only racetracks I can think of, aside from, you know, maybe Super Nationals, but uh, actual racetracks is uh, Newcastle Motorsports Park. That's really the only time we ever see an armed officer on site throughout the weekend. And I'm wondering if that's maybe something we need to you know, institute. Uh, moving forward to kind of help keep the chaos, uh, sem- you know, I guess toned down a little bit. Well, um, there's, another, there's another really easy way to do that. Hard, fast penalties, your, your, <laughs> your suspensions, five-year bans, whatever, just drop the hammer. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's it. You know, I guess obviously in the coming days, we'll, we'll see what, if anything is announced by Supercard USA regarding this, but more so it's, what, what's going to happen outside of the Supercarts USA events? Because again, all of these competitors, all these teams race other events throughout yeah. the year, be it USBKS, be it Texas Sprint Racing Series, be it, you know, um, the California Rock Championship event that we're going to do here in two weeks. Yeah. You know, there's, there's events across the country that a lot of these teams, a lot of these competitors, a lot of these tuners are, are, are going to be at once again. So yeah, um, they'll be side by side next weekend, right? Like whatever weekend it is, they're going to be, they're going to be shoulder to shoulder, wheel to wheel for the rest of the year. Yeah. And years to so, come. Yeah. yeah. So that's hopefully, you know, again, more professionalism is what I hope I see uh, moving forward. Uh, not only throughout the year, but uh, um, you know, in the future. Yeah. Um, my next point if we do go back to Utah, can we go back in early May or late April? <laughs> you, did, you didn't like the 90, 90, 90 plus temperatures, David? Well, you know, now that it's 95 here today and the humidity is so high, it wasn't bad in Utah. Yeah, because there's no humidity, right? <laughs> it's that dry heat that everybody talks about. I mean, it was it was a scorcher. Don't get me wrong. So when you're when you're out in the sun, it, it just, you know, it 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 literally burns you um, to where here, God, I just, it's disgustingly gross. I feel like I'm Florida right now with the humidity. So, but either way, I think it's better when we're in Utah, be it in May or you know, maybe even somebody even said, why don't we go there in late April? I'm like, well, well it could still the, snow. Yeah. The tradition, hundred yeah, percent, it could still snow, but the traditional 
the traditional spring that state has always been the first weekend of May, right? That's kind of when yeah, it's my anniversary weekend. weekend. Yeah, I have right, no problem right. missing that, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's when it normally is. We'll see. We'll see if things shift back for 2023. That's yeah, I wasn't. Right? Yeah, I wasn't. Obviously, a lot of things were going on on the weekend, so I was not able to uh, to corner Tom Kutcher about a lot of different topics I wanted yeah, to speak to him about. But sure uh, there's obviously more important things to kind of worry about. So hopefully, we'll be able to sit down with him at the Summer Nationals and get more insight if it has it ha- if it hasn't been already decided uh, by the time we head to what will be the Supercar USA Pro Tour Series finale on July 28th through the tor- 31st. Uh, as we return with the Summer Nationals at Newcastle, Indiana, for what I believe is going to be the eighth time that we've been there. And I'll be back. You'll be back. Yeah. You will be announcing there. That'll be I, that'll I hate, be I hated, I, I hated missing that one. I really did. My first, I missed my first ever pro tour in 13 years. At, uh, it, I will say it didn't feel the same. I will say that. It, it felt odd. It felt weird. I felt like a USPKS weekend, to be honest, because you weren't there. <laughs> That and that's right. typically what how I've spent all my USPKS weekends. So that's true. That's true. It was, well, it was I look, odd. I look forward to be, being back at Newcastle. That's going to be a great one again. Newcastle for the Scusa Pro Tour Summer Nationals, July 28 to 31, the finale of this year's Pro Tour. Dave, let's look at the uh, Constructor Championship. Seven different brands scoring race wins. Yeah, leading the way was Cosmic and Perlin. Cosmic earning two victories with Ryan Norberg, and then again, two victories with Mario Barrios in X30 Master. But Perlin was able to sweep the cadet division, I believe, once again. I think they've done this uh, at a couple of events that we've seen uh, on the 2022 calendar. So two wins by Jack Eiliff in, my, in Mini Swift, and then two wins by Rocco Simone in the Micro Swift division. Uh, add in Tony Cart with three victories, CRG with three victories, two of them from the Master Shifter division, and then one with, um, what was the other one? Oh, Junior with uh, X30 Junior with Aiden Ingrata. Yes. Uh, EOS picking up two victories, and then Track Magic and Magic Cart USA were the two Pro Shifter chassis victories. Indeed. Uh, so they again, seven brands scoring wins in the Constructor Championship uh, deal, deal there for the uh, Spring Nationals. Let's have a look at the ECAN Trackside Live race calendar presented today by CRG Nordam. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting, and they're primed and ready with new material and a never-ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American dis- distributor for all CRG products. Based outside of Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the country, reaching every corner of North America. Check out the new CRG KT5 for tag and shift racing, the Black Mirror for cadet competition, and the FS4 for Briggs. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com. And to inquire about a North American dealer near you, please email them at info at cartcrg-nordam.com. All right, David, uh, we're right back at it. Uh, this coming weekend we'll have off, uh, but then we're back at it again, June the 24th, 25th, 26th, the, Calif- the California Rock Championship, and the one-off event they'll have this year in Portland uh, at Pat's Acres Racing Complex. We're pumped. I can't wait to get there. We're camping throughout the weekend, which would be great. But for you know, primarily, your first time ever at Pat's Acres, one of the most iconic racetracks, karting tracks in North America. Yeah, super looking forward to uh, to getting the Pat's Acres. You know, obviously the Egger family, we 
I've known now for, I guess, a dec- couple decades now, yeah, uh, yeah. be it with Chris Ager and then obviously all the, uh, the Ager children that have worked and continue to work within the industry. And, and just, yeah, just to be able to go to one of the places that was a, a stomping ground for the old Scusa Promoto Tour. Um, and again, is, is probably one of the uh, more established and historic uh, carting facilities in the Pacific Northwest. Again, that's a region I, I have yet to very travel too much. Uh, maybe once, I think twice, maybe for stars and then a road race uh, at Portland International Raceway. And aside from that, I haven't been to the Pacific Northwest very much at all. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy. It. You know, you go back to the Scusa Promoto Tour, like you had said in the you know in the 1999, 2000, 2001. Uh, also, back in the day, a major stop uh, occasionally for the ICAF Grand Nationals as well. Uh, I believe 1995 they had the Nationals there at Pat's Lake. It's a great track. You're gonna love it. It'll be a lot of fun. That's June 24, 25, 26. Our full ECAN trackside live coverage. I'll be there on the microphone. We'll do the live. Uh, broadcast a lot of stuff going on we're planning a tent talk you never know what's going to happen we're camping out overnight so there could be maybe some nightly debriefs too um you know with a couple of happy hour cocktails along with that we'll see how it all plays out it's just gonna i think it's just gonna be a really fun weekend david everybody heading up kind of the one-off event for the california rock championship this year they weren't able to get the you know get the support they needed for the race at Cal Speed decided to cancel Sonoma. So a one-off event here for all the West Coast rock drivers. I, I think it's going to be a great weekend. Yeah. Anytime you talk about, you know, Andy Stazeman, it's it's fun, you know, and yeah. that and and the atmosphere is certainly going to be fun throughout the the weekend at Pat's Acres. You add in the Ager family and the and the, the Pat's Acres facility itself. I mean, that, you know, we keep hearing stories about how much fun it is to be there alone so you add in all these different mixes and and combinations and and it's certainly going to be an exciting and fun weekend uh and hopefully the weather cooperates hopefully we don't have to deal with floods but uh yeah so we're just looking forward to a fun exciting competitive weekend again tickets on the line for rock vegas for all the different categories and uh it'll be interesting to see all the different uh competitors that do come and take part in it You'll get the uh, July 4th weekend off. I'll actually be at the Road to Indy event at Mid-Ohio, at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Looking forward to that. But then the weekend after that, uh, David, you'll be heading back to Wisconsin, just where I just left, actually, the track I just left at Road America. But you'll be there for the Brinkson Stratton Motorplex, the United States Pro Card Series Badger State Grand Prix, set to go for July 8th to the 10th. You'll be there with full trackside live coverage. Xander Clements and the Cart Chaser crew will be there to, to cover it live. Uh, but again, full coverage with yourself, everything we do on race reporting, all the social media coverage, all those interviews, you know, all the all the great video coming out of the uh, scales for the winners. But uh, yeah, back to Road America again for you for the USPKS series. Yeah, excited to uh, third straight year that United States Pro Kart Series will be, will be there. Obviously, we're there in 2020 when we had to shuff, reshuffle the schedule around. And now it's I think it's going to be a regular stop on the USPKS uh, program moving forward. And then obviously, uh, Seepkins. I mean, you can't go to Road America without Seepkins. I've already had a couple of people come up to me. Hey, I've never been to Seepkins. What's this all about? So I'm looking forward to, uh, <laughs> I love it. to introducing some people to it again at a very iconic location to at least say you've been there once and get it off the bucket list. And you'll see a Shifter Card Illustrated sticker there, a former Le Car Magazine sticker, a Speedway USA sticker, and an eCardinews.com sticker. Kind of a cross-section of the last 20, what, 25 years of Howden Media Group. So 
been we've been there and had some good times at Seepkins for sure, and definitely a stop, as David said, to make an iconic place that uh, on any kind of big race weekend you could run into a Mario Andretti. You never know; they're all they all end up getting to Seepkins sooner or later. Carding weekends, it'll be packed with carters, I am sure. Again, that wraps things up for this edition of the EKN uh, Debrief, our 96th episode of the Debrief, our race report podcast. Again, thank you to the good folks at Acceleration Cart Race for being. Uh, Cart Racing, rather, for being our sponsor of the program. Of course, David Cole for being trackside at Utah Motorsports Campus and giving us a full uh, report, all his insight from the event this past weekend. Again, lots more to come. We'll have an uh, outlap for the California Rock Championship next week. We have a uh, This Weekend Karting coming up as well soon. We'll have a lot more content, more podcasts before the end of uh, the first half of the season, uh, first half of the year, capping off here at the end of June. And so much more to come, July, August, September, and all the way through to the Supercarts USA Super Nationals at the end of uh, November. Looking forward to that for sure. Again, thanks for tuning in, folks. We do appreciate it. If you haven't downloaded the EKN Radio Network app, do so now to get all of our content uh, when it first becomes available. But other than that, on behalf of David Cole, my name is Rob Howden. Bye for now.